to the Cinephile Hits of the Podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Brewery Network and sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the Tyree Film Movie Debate, hosted by two film critics, Cool Dad and Struggling Teacher. I'm Don Shanahan. And I'm a child of fire, William Bloodaxe. Wow. That's that's some deep history. I can't wait Aren't to do I super cool? That's be great. Kind of freeze the time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to have you folks in Sos Netflix. This is all for Tantrum Sick, where shared passions and iPods wash away any place for hate, although this one, whoo, no matter what, we encourage you all to love what you love. Maybe not this one, but for now, the gloves are off and the history of it is on. This week, we're talking about Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, recommended by the Snyderverse um, and Twitter. Yeah, not us, not me. No, 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 no. Our format is this. The recommending lover is me. <coughs> I have to go first. I'm going to take five unerroded minutes, which Zack Snyder doesn't know how to cut, to shower any praise and state of high-minded case. The hater, William Johnson, jealous, gets to follow with five unerroded minutes of his own to present any counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorch earth he can, which won't take much. After that, we open it up for about 30 minutes. Hey, and edited 30 minutes of shared conversation where the hits of it really gets chippy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the planet blah, 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 and let's go. Well, it's 30 minutes of discussion, but because it'll be in slow-mo, it'll be seven oh, hours and yeah. 43 minutes. Folks, if there was ever a podcast episode where you want to put us on 0.5 or 0.75 speed, <laughs> this is the one. And you'll feel right at home in a Snyder movie. The rest of us who listen to all these podcasts at 1.5, where we kind of sound halfway normal because even one, have you ever listened to podcasts on one? We sound like uh, we're Southern uh, drawl out here, man. Oh, I do. I, I always listen on one. You listen on 1.0. Oh, I listen to us on 1.5. Not going to lie. Oh, I don't listen to us. Who the fuck? Wants oh, to I listen. listen to us? I, I, weekly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boost those numbers guys. You know, so yeah, no, don't listen yeah. to us. <clears throat> all right. So, all right. I got to go first on this. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here yeah, we go. All right. Five loser. minutes. All right. Um, so, um, Zack Snyder, um, I, I'm not what some of our mutual friends do. I'm not a Snyder mark or guy, but I do, I do understand the appeal. I'll, I'll be, I'll be the guy that tries to say it like that. Like he's doing some stuff visually, um, that is, that is as overblown and as full bodied as he thinks it is. He's doing something. He's doing some stuff that other people can't do as well. Or don't or can't do it all. I mean, he he he's a striking visual filmmaker. Now, is he the dice move and knocked up with the dice shake thing where that's kind of all he's got? He's reached the point where that I like to call with Shyamalan, where Shyamalan used to razzle and dazzle us because he could put his chops and with his twist making narrative prowess and make something that just blew our minds. Um, and then we realize years later, wait, that's the only way he knows how to work things. And I think Zack Snyder's reached that point, and I feel that way, especially after this one, where I probably gave him an extended longer pass than than I should have for a long time because I said, all right, let's just see what his talent could do applied to this. Let's see what his talent could do applied to that. Um, and obviously a big title like Superman was something, uh, obviously like comic book material like Watchmen and Sucker Punch was something. And then even, and I, and of course he dazzled our mind, at least he dazzled my mind with 300 a long time ago, where that at the time that was something different, something, um, just something with some chops we haven't seen done the way that they've been done. And in a brawny fun, I can't, you know, it's going to get a guy like me, a a caveman like me, what good, but we've reached a point now where 
Mike Shamalan, I've said this about him now for a decade, where the twist is all he's got. Um, that's all he's got left. That's his one move. That's his iron claw. That's his figure four leg lock. That's his wrestling finisher. The rest of the shit he does in the ring, so to speak, is crap. Because the, all he's got is a twist, and if he can't, if, and if he can't pull off a twist, he's got nothing left. I feel like we're reached that point with Snyder right now with Rebel Moon Part One of Child of Fire because we're back to we're back to we're back to flashbacks and overexplaining narratives and over thickening everything you could possibly do, and then for whatever reason, all you got like Terrence Malick with the fucking curtains is you have slow mo. I saw a funny tweet from a, uh, a mutual friend of ours um, or somewhere. I don't even know if he's a mutual friend, but he's like, he's like, I was watching this movie and we, he was doing a slow mo scene. And I had time to check my phone, refill my drink, go to the bathroom and come back. And they're still doing the same move. And I'm like, fuck man, that is some slow mo. And I, and I haven't written my review for rebel moon, but I need to, where if I had to put my finger on this, um, like what's going on there, what can he do? Right. I think, I'm funneling all my ideas towards the idea of inefficiency. It's not that what he's doing is on paper bad or incorrect or wrong. Like, yeah, to do a sci-fi world building thing. Yeah. Have some planets, have some stuff, have some, you know, have some heroes, have some villains, have some black hats, have some white hats, have some unique things, paint it with beautiful um, production value where you can with with interesting designs, interesting costumes, interesting craft. You can do all that. Um, we would love for somebody to do all that. Do dirty space like Scott. Do clean space like Lucas. Or even where Lucas used to do dirty space. We talked about that on the show. But um, where Snyder, like, he's got those ideas or got those goals, but he'll over-fucking-pack it and stuff it like crazy where I'm going to use my 5-pound sugar 10-pound bag line that comes out in the show where when I look at what he's doing, it's inefficiency. Um, you could do this rebel story with half the cast, with half the world transitions, with half the costume design this, with half the twist of that. And at the same time, and by the time you cut everything in half, you've got a diet version of this movie that is simpler, easier to follow, um, maybe worthwhile a little bit more because you're not overextending yourself in one direction or another. And it just gets. And not necessarily simpler, because this is dirt fucking thin and simple, but you just have something efficient. And maybe a movie that's 95 minutes, 100 minutes, beats the one that's 2 hours and 20, where you can't get out of your own way to really show off this or really show off that, because you don't know how. Take every slow-mo scene you want to do, and I know you have that vice, Zach, that you, you want to slow it down, cut them in half. Like, take one slow-mo scene that's 5 minutes, make it 2 and a half. By the time you tighten all those things up and you, and you just reduce what you're doing, the core of what you've got isn't bad. It's not perfect. It's not great. It's a borrowed idea here, borrowed idea there, but it would be a whole lot simpler than whatever weird-ass thing you're trying to build. The last thing I'll say, and I'll, this will come out in the 20 minutes, and I'm going to find it and read it to you. The Netflix summary for this, and you brought up Netflix summaries, Will, when we were doing Maestro. Um, the Netflix summary for this, of like the, the, the log line or the, you know, the, the company summary is like four fucking paragraphs long where I'm like, oh my God, no one's going to read this and go, oh yeah, that's the movie I want to cuddle up my couch to see. Because of that, this is a fucking loser of a movie. Wow. That's hit a lot to say. Um, I and Sorry. I can't really fight it. I, 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 cause I, well, okay. I'm going to go for a little bit more of a, this is how I was reacting 
to the film as I watched it. Okay. So, um, I turned the movie on and I was really sick at the time. Uh, I like, we had just, it was Thursday, December 21st or whatever. And, uh, I was my last day of school and I literally left school the minute the bell rang. Cause I was really sick. And then for the next two or three days, I was just in a fugue state. I don't remember much. I got up at weird hours. And I remember I watched this, I think, like December 22nd at like 3 a.m. And I was wide awake because I was sick. But so it wasn't like this was uh, it wasn't like I was uh, watching the movie like, you know, on drugs or something. But uh, I definitely wasn't in the greatest mindset. So. And usually that's when a movie can be like, oh, hey, I'm going to cheer you up now. Or, hey, I'm going to make your life more miserable. This happened to be the latter. But the movie starts and Anthony Hopkins is doing uh, a narration. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's been done before. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then you get a nice image of someone like farming on a planet or something. And then it cuts to this farming village and they're having like a, like a, a party before the season begins. And it's playing the most generic, like, and I was just like, did they really, did they just, is this like the filler music? And then they're going to put something in later. Like it just felt incomplete. It felt lazy. And then it's just, it just continues on that track where you're just like, oh, okay. So they're going with the very obvious Anthony Hopkins narration. Okay, they're going with the very obvious uh, musical cues here. Oh, there's there's a mother verse or whatever the fuck it's called. Okay, so they're so this is kind of like space Nazis, but they're not they're not stormtroopers. They're not the evil empire, but they're an empire. Got it, got it. Uh, and just every it seemed like every creative choice down to how the characters looks to the, 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 the sound cues to the music, to the fact that they're just getting actors because Zack Snyder can get them at this point to, um, to, to do narration. It just, it felt like the lowest common denominator effort that could be given on a project. Um, And even to the point where, the slow-mo is so slow-mo that you feel like someone is parodying uh, Zack Snyder, not Zack Snyder himself. Because I think at one point someone grabs an axe and it takes like 45 minutes. And it's, look, I get it. Like when J.J. Abrams came out with the Star Trek movies and everyone was talking about the lens flares and Simon Pegg got all butthurt about it. You know, but it's not all about lens flares, even though Simon Pegg made his whole career making fun of pop culture. And now he's mad that he's part of it and being made fun of. Um, This just feels like if you and I'm stealing this from a letterbox review, but it feels like chat GPT, Zack Snyder, like they just said, hey, let's. Let's put this in an AI engine, and what would it produce? Oh, it would produce uh, really uh, extensive explanations of worlds that don't need it with characters that are badass for reasons because we are told they're badass, uh, super, 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 super slow-mo, and probably the most basic story, science fiction story, since the original Star Wars. Now, I'm not even going to get into the whole fact that this is originally was going to be a star Wars movie. 
But it feels like if you're not going to be a Star Wars movie anymore, you might want to take out the Star Wars elements because nothing in this, even down to there's a cantina scene. And and, and on top of that, it's like, hey, if we can't rip off Star Wars at this point, uh, we'll, we'll rip off Firefly because they try to do this Western thing. I'm not even making sense. Like, I'm just kind of just doing stream of consciousness on this, my five minutes here, because there's really not a lot to this movie that you either haven't seen before, or you're shocked that you're actually seeing it again. This isn't some kind of genius throwback like Lucas did, you know, in the seventies to, to, to pay homage to the serials of the thirties. This is just to me, the ultimate in lazy, uncreative. I'm just going to, uh, paint by number a Zack Snyder thing because my rabid fan base will eat it up uh, type of filmmaking. It's just, there's nothing creative about it, innovative about it. Interesting. And the one thing that like, like Don said that Snyder could at least rest on was that he had, he was visually interesting and this one can't even have that. This is, this is an epic failure of massive proportions and, it's currently my worst film of the year. I'm not far behind you in that worst film of the year thing. But before we get to our splits here, please enjoy this short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends. You've seen Twin Peaks all the way through, but all you have are spoiler-free discussions? At Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, no information is classified and nothing beats the listening sensation when production history collides with deep theory. Put the coffee on. All right. Yeah. No, um, you're, yeah. It, it, the, here's the crazy thing about what you're saying is, in terms of the, the chat GBTs or the not trying thing. The crazy thing is Zack Snyder is really, 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 really trying. Like you could, I mean, we're making these jokes that is chat GBT when you know he's pouring over this movie like crazy. And this is all he can muster, which is kind of pathetic. Is he? Is he though? Yeah. I don't think he's trying at all. And he's lording over. uh, Well, or if he is, this is, this is how, this is all his try hard can get is still this. Like, oh, I'm going to make this robot look so cool and then do this. Like he's, you could tell he's pouring over visuals and textures and stuff forgetting along the way and this is where i go with efficiency like hey how about put a little more effort in the story you know and not just make everything look good because like i bet he's pouring over what sophia Batella's haircut looks like when she's a military person before the you know the seminar here like i bet he's pouring over that stuff or how pretty a uniform is like he's all up lost into the details where this is his tryhard. but in the end we're like yeah but you didn't try hard in the point part that mattered I don't. I don't think he's trying hard at all. I see. I, I honestly really, think. Yeah. I honestly think no. he pitched this to Disney for a Star Wars thing. They said no because it sucks. Well, and, yeah, and that and then told them something right there. And then Netflix was like, "Hey, we got money." And I, yeah. I just, I, it, this doesn't feel like a try hard. This feels like, but that's someone what I'm saying. Paid money to just make a Zack Snyder film yeah. without. And without any of the Zack Snyder, well, with all the Zack Snyder stereotypes, but yeah. none of the actual Zack Snyder, whatever you want to call it. Well, here, but that's what I'm saying. That's what makes this more pathetic is because instead mm. of 
Man of Steel or Justice League or Sucker Punch, where you have some source material, Watchmen, where you have some source material, 300, where you have some. This is his quote unquote original effort, where he's not copying a zombie movie or all, all the other stuff. Like for him to, for this to be his. His original Peace de Resistance creation of world building, and all you get out of it from all his effort is this. That mm. to me makes it more pathetic because I really think so. This is the try hardiest he's ever tried, and this is all we get, <laughs> which, which to me is a damnation on. I don't think he was hot shit. We should have put him as hot shit as he was before. Like he's just a visual. He's just a visual trick pony, and we probably should have seen that. 15 years ago, after 300, where that was all he's got. Because when he does try harder, where you give him the money and budget to make his own thing, you're just going to get this. And that, ah, this, this exposed well, him to yeah. me more than anything even, else bad he's done. Even 300, which you're praising, which I, I like. I, I love, yeah. It's, it's not it's, even visually distinctive. Well, for him, more. because yeah. because it's um, because that was I think that was a direct result of the Sin City movies and Frank Miller more than Zack Snyder having this creative vision. They, Good point. He, yeah. he may He's he may be improved. Yep. He may be improved upon yeah. what Robert yeah. Rodriguez, Rodriguez did with the the green screen and the and that yeah, style. Definitely. But it's there. It's very much a this yeah. exists because of that thing. Um, and I'm. I'm not like a Zack Snyder hater. I, I last uh, his last Netflix movie I absolutely adored. It was in my it the was Army, a of Dead, right? yeah. Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead was fucking amazing. I loved it. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the DC stuff. Um, I think I like more. I like Man of Steel. Like if you're, I don't. I, I yeah, three like, and a half. Three and a I half on Man it, of Steel. I called it a bold approach because like if you're going to modernize your men and not do the 1930s, you know, it's Christopher, if you're going to do something different and modern, that wasn't the worst way of doing it. I wish it was a little perkier here or there, but he was on to something and the Kurtzon stuff looked great. And and, like the, it was a place where visuals could, can wow you a little bit. And it it was semi grounded, so to speak, you know, it wasn't, it was still, it's still a far out sci-fi movie, but it still felt like when you were on earth, you were on earth, you know? Whereas this, I don't know where you are. Yeah, 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 this is just a messy thing. Yeah, I can't. I mean, and like Sucker Punch has big ideas in it where like there's some scintillating shit underneath Sucker Punch there. It's a mishmash of a zillion little genres and things. And again, the slow-mo comes into play. Um, I don't I don't hate Watchmen as much as other people do. To me, that's probably I, his most I like Watchmen a lot. I think it's his probably it's it, to me, it's his most complete film that he's got like leader in the clubhouse every person gets a masterpiece so to speak right um mm-hmm. like to me that's probably his masterpiece although that's again not saying much because it's still kind of now that we've seen that this is kind of all he is like that's his limitations are still there so yeah I, 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 yeah I'm, I'm looking through stuff i mean i really enjoyed his dawn of the dead um that's i a, have yeah. not I have Good not one. seen Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gothel. <laughs> I've I have seen, seen it a long that. time. Yeah, you're not missing. It's it's I, for CGI yeah. for its day. It, it did some stuff, but it's it's silly little. Um, let me yeah. see. Three hundred. I, I I probably gave three and a half four stars. Uh, yeah. Watchmen. I, I really actually loved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Watchmen is he was so dedicated to the source material, which I love. Yeah. I love Watchmen. Yeah, that he it's like the first hour and a half is like this pitch perfect frame by frame 
uh-huh. just remake of the book. And then he was like, Oh shit, I ran out of time. I got to finish this up. And then I know. Goes, goes yeah. and, and that's a hard, that's a hard ending to do. Cause like you can't have the tentacle alien come out and do all like it's, it's almost unfilmable. The the last. I mean, you could, book, you know. I think someone could. I think someone yeah. like a a James Gunn could, but uh, that's, that's another story. Yeah. But he, um, he did. We got we got Starro, didn't we? In Suicide Squad, so yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, I'm not this. Like, it's weird because you and I, we like to not gang up, but we like we like to tease one of our Zack Snyder bro friends quite uh-huh. a bit. And it, it just, it, to me, it's the thing about Zack Snyder is it's kind of like those sports teams that you really should not like them because they've got likable players and stuff, but their fans are so obnoxious that it just, yeah, it ruins exactly everything. Cause, it cause I cause don't hear, like, I don't hear bad stories about Snyder in the industry and the press. Nah, and like, I mean, sure to walk away. Him to walk away after family tragedy the way he did with Justice League and it obviously the studio bungled it from there. Like I, I can't fault the man and what he does. I mean, you hear the other people who speak well of him and and I, again that's sure. the collegiality of the industry. I don't know any director who speaks bad of any other director. So like that's not exactly new ground in material in terms of like, you know, colleagues, trusting colleagues. You, you hear about that <laughs> and even version. then you have to like kill someone like John Landis did for exactly. Steven Spielberg to not talk, so, to talk like, shit about you. And right. he hasn't talked so, shit about him in 40 years. So I mean, yeah. everybody, everybody loves everybody on every movie because they're all in the industry. They're all having fun. They're all making, they're all, they're all dream fulfillment, making their own thing. So like sure. I've seen Steven Spielberg compliment really crappy movies. You know, we've seen, it happens all the time. So like, I can't go, well, whoa, you know, Christopher Nolan and, and so-and-so really loves X. Well, no one's going to dislike Zack Snyder, but you, you still got to go to the end. You got to go to the effort. You got to go to the finished product and go, whoa, buddy, you're missing some beats here. So, yeah. yeah and, but I, and I guess right. my the point fans, is. Fans, of course, ruin this entire. I guess my point is, is like when we think something like Man of, like when I think Man of Steel, something's like three and a half, which I enjoyed. Ah. I enjoyed it. It's above yeah. average. Like if you go on a thread with someone like a Zack Snyder fan and just be like, well, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't like this thing. Yeah. They'll be like, what's Have wrong you- with you? He's the greatest visionary who's ever lived. You're just like, well, okay, look, I like the movie, bro. Like relax. Uh-huh. Like I don't you hate it. it. But if you don't, if you don't adore it, like if you don't uh-huh. swear allegiance to it, it's like, it's like you're a hater. That's the fact. I that's know. the reason why we have to preface this. Like we when do. I'm looking at, when I'm looking at all this, when I'm looking at all his films, that I've seen, there's a couple I haven't. Yeah, like I haven't. Seen, I haven't seen Sucker Punch, and I haven't seen Legend of the Guardians. I've seen everything else. Like, I don't think there's. I mean, other than the Zack Snyder Justice League, which I think is just a terrible thing of hubris. It's two stars oh, for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything in here that I've given below like three and a half, three stars. Like, <laughs> and I, I've I've gone uh, higher on lots of them. I mean. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, if it's not full adoration, now we've talked about this in the past. Yeah, we've um, done the trash masterpiece thing. Yeah, like that's our- I, the the only director right now where I have my blinders on is probably Jordan Peele. Now the but difference is he's earned it so far. Well, so far, but the other thing is he's also only made three films. That's why uh, he's I've earned said, it. <laughs> You're I've, lucky said this, I've said this on the podcast. Like, I don't yeah. think I'll be able to maintain that level yeah. no of adoration can. for yeah. decades. But like, it, it's just like whenever Snyder, uh, you know, like, for example, I like to, you know me, I like to be a completionist. I was just looking at his mm-hmm. filmography. And while you were talking, I, I noticed he's got about three or four short films uh, that are available to watch that I'm going to watch probably in the next day or so. Um, and 
you know, but I, I was looking at them because some of them are on YouTube. That's the only place to find them. Right. And um, like one of them is for this student film he made called For a Moment Alive in 1989. Uh-huh. And I, I looked at it so I could put it in my watch later because I'll, I'll give it a try. It's 12 minutes, whatever. It's a student film. I'll watch it. But like the comments are already just like, man, he was so ahead of his time in 1989. He's the oh, greatest gosh. filmmaker even then. It's like, oh gosh, come on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on, guys, let's calm down, okay? Nobody's nobody's nuts require that much swinging. <laughs> come on, yeah, it, it's just amazing the yeah. depths they'll go to. Yeah, look, look, dude, if I find some, like I said, if I find some Jordan Peele short film he made, you know, 20 years oh, ago when he was a student, I'm sure I might yeah. be like, I'll, I'll watch it. But like I don't know, like I've seen. But you've got I've Keanu seen, in seasons of Key and Peele, where you're like, all right, the, he his potential came in time. It wasn't yeah. apparent all the time, you know. They, right, and that's okay. I mean, I've seen I've seen John Carpenter's student film. I've seen yeah, yeah. Spike Lee's. I've seen uh, David Cronenberg's. It's not like I'm going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, these are masterpieces. I mean, the I mean the closest I can ever get to someone where you could tell they were a genius from the beginning is Steven Spielberg when he did Amblin. Exactly. Yeah, like he did yeah. a short film called Amblin for no money, but it's just it's it looks like a trillion dollars and it's amazing, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh well, he's just amazing. Yeah. But like, but, that, but that's that's Spielberg. That's a prodigy, right? Snyder, no one... Snyder's that guy standing on shoulders. Like you said, he's improving things Robert Rodriguez did. He's trying right. to do things George Lucas did. Like I don't know what original thing he has. This was supposed to be. His big original thing, and look what it looks like. And like well, you said, it's I, I think, GBT. I think. No, I could be wrong. I don't think Sucker Punch is based on anything, is it? That's a good question. I thought it was a comic, but let me look it up again. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, I know that that owl movie was based on a children's book series. Right. That was definitely um, a children's book. Yeah. I think Army of the Dead. Now, Army of the Dead, just because it says of the dead of it, it's not a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. It's not yeah. a a remake of any of the George Romero stuff. I think that one is original to him, but in this, it, it is in, in a way though, still related to the yeah. zombie genre. So sucker, sucker punch is based on an original concept, a concept of his own. And look, and when, yeah. when you see it, you, I think that's probably the movie that mostly compare that most compares to this one is it. Again, you have a dazzling concept because you have this young woman in a, in a mental institution who is, trying to find items to escape and has to enter fantasy worlds to do it while you realize like this is probably all happening in her head in a mental hospital like this is going to have some twists and some shit to it whereas this is supposed to be lore on top of lore in a star wars fashion and it goes nowhere <laughs> so like yeah. you'll, when you see sucker punch if you get a chance to see it um it's only 109 minutes i i think it's worth it because you've got some you got well, a cool Scott performance. You've got um, Oscar Isaac is cooking in that movie, um, and the, of course the female the female heroines are really kind of fun to watch. But it is kind of like this a mishmash. It's a dab of this and a dab of that of really familiar stuff that it, we've seen before and better in other places, and borrows this and borrows that. And and you just said this on social media about the creator, and I kind of praise it as being like, all right, yeah, you borrowed this and that, but you you made me care. You know, like it's how much where's homage versus tribute versus ripoff and you'll see it in sucker punch and you'll kind of see it here too so Uh, and i'll do it to be a completionist you know but uh yeah we're not not the worst thing to see yeah 
Yeah, I guess that's the point. Is that this guy's not like this? This guy's not like, like the Uve Bowl of move. Like he doesn't make no. this awful no, after awful. Either. Like yeah. he like he makes good movies, but it's just unfortunately the cult that follows him around. Yep. makes you all like downgrade his movies a little bit, but also like makes you think like if you if you say anything negative, like you're a hater. It's just frustrating yeah, because it's like it is. When can we get objective enough to, because, because yeah, That's other than Jordan Peele, I can tell you, like, I can tell you some of my favorite directors, like I can tell you Rob Zombie's made bad movies. I can tell you Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg's made bad movies. Yeah, I can tell you John Carpenter's made bad movies. Like, it's not like I'm less of I mean, a fan. It says it. Everyone has made bad movies and that's the thing uh, sure. no one can figure out. Every single person. I, there's no one has batted a thousand. No one. Yeah, and and it's it doesn't make us less of fans of that particular person just because we feel no, that totally way. Not. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, if anything, it makes you a better fan because you you can understand a person's highs, you can understand a person's low, appreciate the changes and growth. You know, and that's and that's where I circle back. It's like I'm not seeing growth anymore from this guy. I see the same four moves. I see the same varnish, and it's. It's getting worse. It's getting more. And now that, and because, and this is some of the Netflix stuff where, like, Netflix doesn't care if you bring a two hour, 40 minute movie or two hour, 20 minute movie to their, they don't care. So, like, the quality control of who's paying for his stuff now, and now it's been what, two, three movies in a row on Netflix where I just, no one's no one's checking anybody anymore. Now we've talked about this in the show where like if you're an artist of a certain repute and you want your final cut, hey man, go get your final cut. You know, like if you if you can get it, get it. If you can muscle it and, and negotiate it, get it. Um, really, Scott tries. You know, we we supposedly there's a director's cut of Napoleon down the road. Like that's four hours and maybe better than the long one we got. But like, I get that. I get I get the artistic freedom, so to speak, to go get yours. But the rest of us have to suffer through quote unquote yours buddy. And it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just exhausted. Even just talking about, we can't even talk oh, about the movie, movie because we got to talk about yeah. fucking him. Like it's so oh, here, frustrating. I, I'll do this one more time. Like, so you said it with Maestro, right? Here's the Netflix official log line. Maestro is a towering fearless love story chronicling the lifelong friendship between lifelong relationship, excuse me, between Leonard Bernstein and Felicia Montalegra Cohen Bernstein, a love letter to life and art. Maestro at its core is an emotionally epic portrayal of family and love. That's two sentences. The rebel moon one. I'm going to count it before I read it. No, it's like a run on sentences with commas. And here you go. Ready? I, I, I read this and I have no fucking clue what the movie's about even after reading it. After crash landing on a moon in the furthest reaches of the universe, Korra, a stranger with a mysterious past, begins a new life among a peaceful sediment of farmers. Period. New sentence. But she soon becomes their only hope for survival when the tyrannical regent Belisarius and his cruel emissary, Admiral Noble, discover the farmers have unwittingly sold their crops to the Blood Axes. Leaders of a fierce, fearless, I know, right? Fierce group of insurgents hunted by the mother world. Finally, second sentence. Third sentence. Tasked with finding fighters who would risk their lives to defend the people of Velt, Cora and Gunner, a tender-hearted farmer, naive in the realities of the world, journey to different worlds in search of the Blood Axes, comma, and assemble a small band of words who share a common need for redemption along the way. Colon, Kai, a pilot and gun for hire. General Titus, a legendary commander. Nemesis, uh, a master swordswoman. 
Tarek, a captive with a regal past, and Milius, a resistance fighter, period. Finally, in the end of the third sentence. Back on Velt, Jimmy, voiced by uh, Hopkins, Jimmy, a ancient mechanized protector hiding in the wings, awakens with a new purpose, but the newly formed revolutionaries must learn to trust each other and fight as one before the armies of the mother world come to destroy them all. I don't remember any of that happening in the movie. I stopped stopped listening to you 14 minutes ago. It's awful. It's just, that's inefficiency that is too thick that is too much you don't need any of that shit you if you're going to do magnificent seven in space you got to tone it down you know it make just yeah. ew, what a mess well the other thing too <clears throat> that we're not mentioning here and this is yeah this has become a particularly 2023 problem is there's been at least two major releases uh napoleon and this one yeah where the filmmakers are outright just telling you like uh-huh. Yeah, you can watch this, but it's really not the real movie. Um, now, here's the here's here's the problem. I, with that. I haven't seen that. Napoleon. I haven't seen Napoleon yet either. I but have. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I this sucked so bad that the thought of going in and watching an additional hour and fifteen minutes exactly is is haunting to me. Now, exactly. if if I saw it and it was like, okay, there's some things you could expand upon and yeah, maybe this would be better here. Maybe if they extended this here, but this movie is so bad that like, and I'm sure a lot of people agree. Like I I know there'll be completists out there, but like even me as someone who's a completist, I don't think I could sit down and watch this again, even if it's quote unquote better. Like I just, I can't put myself through the stuff that's already there because even if scenes are extended, even if there's a deleted scene that clears something up, what's on screen here still exists and it's going to exist in the film. And that's not good. Exactly. And I'll say that to Napoleon, even though we don't need to show Napoleon, like my thought on this is if you can't make the movie right the first time around without uh, needing a director's cut, you didn't have a good movie to begin with. Period. Right. Sorry. Like if you if your director's cut can't be the cut, or if the, your director's cut can't be, I'll use the word we've been using. I've been using the show. If your if your director's cut or final cut or the cut can't be efficient enough to work, you don't have a good movie to begin with. Well, sorry, and you, it, you already it fucked comes it up. In, it comes well. It there's different it, takes. Well, to Napo- it. I mean, like, I'm gonna tell you, Napoleon. Even at the 240, you got is there's great there's some cool battles in there but in between it is interminable where i'm if if another hour and 15 is supposed to flesh out the man behind the battles i don't want it i want what really scott's good at give me an hour and 15 more minutes of fucking battles just wow me to pieces with napoleon being badass in the battlefield well that would, that's the- that would perk that would be great but we're gonna get him cuckolding with his wife and it's just gonna suck for another hour and 15 minutes that's, on apple that's the thing that that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me because really scott actually used to kind of be the patron saint of director's cuts because oh yeah he would, he would get kind of shafted by the studio and then he would and then he would make a deal with them like because he's done it on some great ones. Like sure. I, I, when I think of great director's cuts, I think of uh, not only Blade Runner, of course, but you know, I think of yeah. American Gangster. I think of um, uh, King Kingdom of Heaven, Heaven. Um, stuff like that, where it's like he did his best under the studio. Like yeah. He, yeah. It, it felt like he did his best to make a film that the studio wanted, and then he had the director's cut to expand upon it. Right. This this feels Rebel Moon. This feels like some kind of weird corporate synergy thing where mm-hmm. Netflix is like, look, 
release an inferior product that's PG-13 so we can get more viewers. And then we'll right. let you make an R-rated one later. Yeah. And it's like, like, we're doing this for the double dip. Yeah. Zach, Zack Snyder should have just been like, no, dude, I'm just going to make a movie. And yeah. if you want to cut some shit out of it, fine. But like, like I'm not going to make two movies. I'm not going to yeah. make four movies for you for the price of two. Like, I agree. Just, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's stupid. I wish for me, I think that, and I, and I'm going to put the blame on the artist. I think it needs to go. I mean, I know plenty of studios have fucked up people before and fucked over people before, sure. but at the same time, I feel like that comes down to the artist of like that sliding scale. They have to have in their, in their heart or in their business acumen or what all come all of it combined between integrity and accountability and either have the integrity to be like, Hey, what I got, what my vision is matters and need it my way. Or the accountability of fuck, this is just not working, and more of it's just not going to do. I mean, yeah, be, somewhere in that middle line between integrity and accountability, where's that sliding scale? Where are you landing? And where is where is the studio landing with you? And can you can you pull it off? And I really didn't do it this year. <laughs> um, Zach didn't do it this year. I, I I I just for for Napoleon. I don't know what hour and 15 minutes will help unless it's more battles. Cause boy, that would help. Um, if it's more behind the scenes, stuff that clears up more politics. And now we're back to fandom menace. Cause I don't give a shit about 300 year old French politics. So that's not going to help me at all. Or that's a mini series on HBO. Um, and then for this, this is different because like, supposedly there's two more movies that just take this story further. And I'm like with you, like I don't care. Well, I think, you haven't, I you haven't made me care. I don't. I think there's only. I think there's only one more. But oh, no. I, think it's, I think it's. They're doing a trilogy. They're doing a trilogy. I thought it was I'll only look it up two. Check. It should be three. Let me oh, double shit. check. Then it's then it's six movies then because if they're, they're all, gonna, if, all, if each three get their own R-rated little sizzler, oh boy, yeah. Oh, and you know what? You know what I, I find pretty interesting. Okay, maybe this, you're right. It's maybe it's two. Only two are on the calendar at the moment yeah. here. Thank okay. Christ. Um, Still, but you know what? So I saw some Snyder Bros mentioning okay. the other day that that enraged me, uh -uh. Um, uh, because I was just like, "No, dude, there's definitely a difference here," and this supports your point of view. Okay, like like when Lord of the Rings came out, we knew like when it became part of the cycle of not only seeing the movie but also buying it on home video. We knew. That first you would get the movie in the theater, uh -huh. then you would get the regular release on DVD, and then you would get the extended cut right before the next That's right. movie in came year. out. Now, yeah. now, here's the thing: is a lot of these Snyder Bros were like, "Hey, remember when it was okay for Peter Jackson to do it?" And I and I and I remember I was thinking in my head because I don't really try to comment on any of that shit anymore because it just it's not worth it. I'm starting I, to lean your way. I need to. To, but, I need to push myself back from the table. Yeah. But part of me was just like, okay, well, here's the difference is it's just not feasible to release Correct. movies that are f over four hours long. It's just mm -hmm. not feasible. So there's a business decision that I can kind of get behind, which is yeah. still make your movies, you know, in the case of fellowship, of the ring three hours and three minutes or whatever, mm -hmm. I think two towers was like three twenty, and, yeah. and return of the King without the extended cut. It's like three and a half hours. Like it's plenty. Like yeah. what they, what they did is they were just like, Hey, we'll give you a little something. You give us a little something. We'll let you still mm -hmm. make three hour epics, but you still need to make the film watchable and have it make exactly. sense. And that anything you take out has to be stuff that is purely extra. 
Yeah. Um, and so that you know way, what? when we release it on home video, yeah. so the difference the difference is is that when we went and saw Return of the King, even though we knew, even though we knew from the two previous releases, we were there was an extended cut out there. We never sat down when we watched Return of the King and felt robbed of material. Exactly. We, we knew we were getting the story told a specific way. Yep. That the director was okay with. Exactly. It wasn't this bullshit where they're coming out where Ridley Scott's like, well, yeah, you can watch this, but really the director Scott's going to be better. Oh, Peter no. Jackson was saying like, hey, I'm doing my best to make this publicly consumable. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get a little extra bonus stuff later. Yeah. Like, like when you, you could, is. I mean, I don't, I don't watch, I, I never have, I have not watched the theatrical cuts of Lord of the Rings. I haven't I saw, years. saw yeah. them in the theater. Yeah. I only watched the extended cuts because it's the complete vision. However, okay. uh, the great thing about the extended cuts, even not having seen the theatrical cuts, is I know exactly where the cuts are. Like I know exactly what they're adding. And, right. and here's the thing: it makes it for a more enjoyable, complete experience. But yes, if you took out all that extra stuff, if you were only able to watch the theatrical versions. You would still get a powerful, amazing, moving exactly. film experience. You have an Oscar-winning Best Picture that has a director's cut. You know, like yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's my two words. It's Peter Jackson has what Zack Snyder doesn't. He has integrity and his accountability because he, like you said, he delivered well-edited, well-made theatrical cuts that on their own, if we never got extended cuts, none of us would be like, boy, we're really missing something. Only like Harry Potter level fans would be like, well, we're missing a little bit here. We're missing a little bit there. I wish they would have went into this in the book more. Like there'd be, there'd right. be some whole hum missing things, but like as, as you're unified missing nothing. No, you're missing you, nothing. You have three very complete movies that still blend together. We're shot together. There's the, the, the continuity is fantastic. Yet here is this extra level of like, you know, just dessert after the meal and it still works. Like, yeah. Like when it's, you, it's like in great. two towers, and, in two yeah. towers, you get, you get a, uh, in the extended cut, you get a flashback scene with Boromir. Yeah. And yeah. you don't need that in the theatrical cut. It's no, fine. No, no, no. But like when you're watching an extended cut and you get to be like, Oh, Sean Bean's back. And like, you get that kind mm-hmm. of tender feeling. Yeah. That's just, that is what it is really a bonus. It's just an extension right. of the story. It is not necessary, right. but it feels, it feels good. But like if they, if, if someone told me the extended editions are gone forever, I'm not going to be like, Oh, well now I'm robbed of the movie experience exactly. because we I still fell have in love with those movies movie. watching them in the theater. Like exactly. I didn't. So it's, I don't, I don't know the, the problem with, it's and there's a I, lot of Lord of the Rings in this Rebel Moon thing too. It's not just Star Wars and Firefly. Oh, there's some Lord of the Rings stuff right. in here. Uh huh. And there's even some like Beowulfy, like Norwegian wannabe stuff. Like there, he he's borrowing. I mean, it may be an original concept, but he is stealing and borrowing a lot. I just went through here. I'll give you an example. Um, I just went through um. With my kids, the Art Institute of Chicago, their first trip ever to a pretty world-class art museum here in the city, uh, and we uh, the, in the arms and armory wing of the museum, there are pistols and armor that have that same almost like um, uh, I don't know the name of the symbol, but the fleur de lis 
you know, kind of filigree looking chiselment to it. You know what I mean? Like that, that yeah, indentation yeah. that, that, that that's in the robot that's in Jimmy. And I'm like, wow, I, oh, I can yeah. see where there's some homage there. But like the other part is like, and I'll go back to inefficiency. Like you, there's, there's nothing wrong with borrowing or even enhancing some old, sure. old things made new, you know, put, put in a new mm-hmm. polish, put in a new varnish on it, mix it up, have fun with it. But mm-hmm. the same thing is it's the inefficiency. Like if you're going to do the whole farming planet, you can't have fucking laser guns, you know, it, it, like, or you're going to or the, do the robot thing or the Nazi villains with a fucking necktie thing. Like it's just, it, it's, it, can we it's, ever it's, just some have of it doesn't, normal... some of it just doesn't mash, you know? Can we ever just have normal fucking animals? I, I know that like uh, Earth, no, like yeah. why does a horse always have to have like you know two penises and like seven <laughs> horns? Like yeah. just, just have a fucking horse. Yeah, just like, say it you, exists here. That's who, well, that's Star Wars. Star Wars never put a horse in. They the Banthas and the Yaks. Like you can blame Star Wars there. Star Wars never put in for a sure. But it's just movie. like it's just like there's always. There's always got to be something, and that's part of the laziness of this too. Is yeah, like that's true. I think that I think that if you just scale back a little bit, like efficiency. I mean, even yeah. the ship designs are lazy. Like, there's uh-huh. nothing. There's nothing. Oh god, this movie sucks, man. I, I, I don't. I don't I, like yeah. to be. I don't like to be all negative and cynical about movies. I know. I know. But we, we've, I can't help we've it, man. evolved. This bad. We've evolved as a show where we've talked about this. Remember a couple weeks ago, or even a month or two ago, we're like, "Boy, we're really loving on everything lately." Because like, we've just well, come around, just like maybe we maybe this whole experiment of hissy fit has led us to believe like it ain't worth the fight, it ain't worth the well, tussle. Okay, I'll be positive on one thing. Okay, so yeah, despite the fact that the structure of this film is completely fucked, uh, yeah. because at one point the film becomes not only, uh, not only is there this this incredibly long setup but there's also like these two or three sequences where like our main hero like tells us her backstory and and it's not just like yeah it's not just like hey oh yeah i was abandoned on this planet it's like no Uh let me tell you like all the military campaigns i fought i know okay Uh. and and then so once we're done with that it becomes the, the structure of the movie becomes really frustrating because it becomes okay. We found one of the seven samurai people, and then we're going to <laughs> yeah. have to go through something with them uh-huh. in order to get them. Now, I know that's insufferable. The one, the one, the Especially one, where, when it's the one where the guy has to tame the owl horse thing. Oh, god, goes on forever. That I wanted, I literally thought about dying. Like, I was like, I, I think I'm gonna die. Like, uh-huh. now here's where I'll be positive. Okay, the, the one I enjoyed. Because it was weird, and <laughs> right? I I like when stuff gets really weird uh, in sci-fi. Was when the chick with the lightsabers had to fight the spider thing. Oh that, yeah, was, Gen- little Jenna Malone callback for Zack Snyder. Yeah, and Duna Bay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. was that Jenna Malone? Was she the spider? Jenna Malone is the spider. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's a like sucker punch. You'll see. Yeah. I no, that like, got weird. But if I, that I was like. But like, I like that this giant spider comes down and is carrying a fucking child and oh, then it's fighting. I was like, this is kind of weird. Now, does it make any sense? No. Do they, do they explain any of this? Does it matter? No. no. But I enjoyed that sequence. So I'm being right. positive. I enjoyed but, that sequence. But you're right, though. There's four of those sequences where there's oh, something God. to get to Charlie Hoonan in the, in the cantina. There's something to get the... Like the long, like you said, the long-haired animal tamer. There's something to get the blood axes with Jaimon Hunso. There's something to get 
the doing the Bay of the Swordsman. Like there's just there's so much. That's what I'm talking about with it in, with efficiency. Um, I'll compare this with Star Wars. Remember when all the fucking backstory you ever needed was Obi Wan's momentary speech before he gives Luke his father's lightsaber, where he's like, yeah. you know, the Empire. Like he gets he gets a world building's worth of history worn on his face in what 45 seconds then this movie gets in 45 minutes so much and we talked about you know, this it's with, just efficiency uh, and then and like, even that even the han solo scene like you have the mm-hmm. you have the greedo shot first stuff you have one you have one solid conversation in a cantina with with um guinness and ford and that's all you need and let's get on the ship and let's go you don't have four you know saloon cracking hero taming scenes that's efficiency and you still have a hero's journey. You still have all. You still have all the mythics, all the lore, all the mythos, and it's hinted at without being. Yeah, this is George Lucas who can't, Oh my gosh, what a mess! This is George Lucas who can't write a screenplay to save his life, and he was able to do this exactly. Well, and we talked about this in Aliens. It's all about over-explaining. Like that forty-five it, it seconds now. with Alec Guinness. It's like, it's oh, need. he fought, he fought with me in the Clone Wars. I remember yeah. for decades, you fought the Clone Wars. Like, I was yeah. like, what are the Clone Wars? That's like, cool. Now I know even... everything about the Clone yeah. Wars. <laughs> like, you know, a, a, a young, a young, a young, what was it? A, an evil person named Darth Vader killed your father. Like the explanations while being leading to two more sequels, just that's yep. all you need. It, it, well, he was a great pilot, right? Let's yeah. watch 45 minutes of him oh. piloting a pod race. Like, it's oh like, no, yeah, I, exactly. I know he's a good pilot. Like, yep. But that's what this movie's that's what this movie's missing. Have our main character I don't even fucking know her name at this point. That the way Cora, we're giving Cora. Sure. And they're, they're yeah. So like uh, she's, have, she's fine give, though. I'll give her yeah, that. But she's no, fine she's a good looking lady. Uh but uh but no, <laughs> give her give her one if you must have a flashback, give her one, not three. Um and again, it's all this efficiency stuff. Yeah. Get have a have a fight for one character, not four. Um, maybe have one person you need help you as a resistance fighter, not four. You know, um well one not bad guy the, torture scene, not four. You know, like it's just and it makes oh, the the twist. I'm using the quotation. Oh works. I hear it. It makes yep. it, it makes it rendered useless because completely any any chance you've had to make that character trustable or likable you've wasted with five sequences of backstory and bringing up these other people can you imagine if if this if that same twist occurred in star wars with han solo like if imagine if han at instead of saving luke of the death star shot that shot luke down at the death star that would right. be jaw jaw dropping, huge, crazy twist. More than it is. Here you go, right. kid. Let's go. Like that would that would matter. It would because you've spent the whole movie together with him. You've had his, you know, he, you know, it's all mumbo jumbo. Like you've had, you've been on the fence. You know, he's a hero, but you've been on the fence enough this whole time. Whereas it's telegraphed from the moment you meet him. That guy's up to no good. Don't bother with him, you know. Just, and, we're, yeah, and we bury it in for the scenes. It does, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense because, like, it's just, it's just like you, this guy enters the picture. <laughs> like at least, at least with Han Solo, right? Like, yeah, they have no choice. They need to get a ship. Exactly, he's yeah. the only option. So they're kind of tied to him, right? Right. Whereas this one is just like, hey, I'll help you out, okay? And yeah. then when he betrays so you, you're, when he betrays you, you're just like. Oh my God! I didn't see that coming. Oh geez, it's it's so lazy. Like, and like I said, stupid. and like I said, all of this is Zack Snyder 
trying his hardest, and this is all you get. That should make you go, Zack Snyder, you don't have it. I'm, that's how I end this. Is he, he For all the flourishes he thinks he can do, and he's super skillful at doing when he can, when it counts, he doesn't have it. And that's a, that's a bigger damnation than any fan could push back on, any box office release can't show, any cut can do. He doesn't well, have it. Here, here's what I want to ask. Now I wonder if he ever did. Here's what I want to ask. Now I wouldn't go yeah. that far. I think I know I'm that. trying not to go that far, but like no, I, if, he, if he keeps if he keeps running this into the ground for a career, like if he can't recover, or sometimes he's well, going to need what M Night Shyamalan needs. He's either what the part. Well, I say that, but then it's going to be bad because like he's going to go back to an old franchise of his and like do a glass to go with Unbreakable. Like he's going to lean on a crutch, but make something yeah. reasonably interesting. All right. Well, so here's here's that. what I there's three possibilities for the second yeah. part. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna watch it anyway, just because just to stay somewhat I current mean, pop I culture, I guess. Too. Yeah. But okay, so there's three things that could happen. Okay, you can only go up, so it's gonna be better. It's <laughs> gonna be just as bad, or it's gonna be worse. What's your prediction? Worse. I. I you think it's well, gonna be worse? Hold on here. Can he? I'm trying to think of the way Zach can extend things and can he land, can he take something? Well, well, here's my next question is, uh, I'm going to say worse because I, I don't know when he had extended time on other projects. I don't know if he ever landed the plane. Like I'll go to, I'll go to justice league with four more hours. Did you really feel like he nailed it? Any, different no. better or definitively okay no. fine superman came back he still fought the bad guy and won i it, we got to shortcut ending number seven it just it, it did it really springboard you to want more out of bruce wayne did it really spring you to want you more out of jason momoa uh so i can't say he landed no. the plane we we talk about we talk about the last half hour of Watchmen where we runs out of gas you get to sucker punch reruns out of gas um i no, I think it'll get worse. I think it's just going to get thicker and worse. I do. And maybe that'll be finally for somebody somewhere. Hey, he doesn't have it. I, I don't know. I'm going to be... Um, I'm not going to be cynical. Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be just as bad. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's worse, and I'm okay. not going to say it's going to be better. I'm going to say I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to say that it's it's going to be consistently bad, like this one. Okay. Um, I mean that the that's thing, it's, the, to me that's its floor. Like it's or that's its ceiling. Well, it'll it'll the be thing, there. It's just whether it's worse. The thing going for it, if you want to call it that, that okay. might make it better. Is it might not be tied down by the structure of whatever he's doing in this one because this one is very much a setup uh, and fair. get the team okay. together structure. Sure. So yeah. if it's just the team now because they've got if a he team, can pivot. okay. If it's the team versus the mother verse or whatever, mm-hmm. it might still be really boring and and predictable. But at least yeah. maybe I'm not watching the same thing. Over and over and over again, while they're, he's rec- while they're recruiting these people, yeah. at least it'll be like uh, a to B to C adventure that'll be completely predictable, as opposed to mini predictable, yeah. really boring sequences. I assume he does not have time to tinker anything before because this is like April, right? 
The next one's in April nineteenth. Like, I'm assuming with the way they make movies, he's done. I think, he's got to be done. These, these were shot back to back, if I remember correctly. But like, so an extended cut is supposedly coming out in early 2024. Right. W- w- whatever that's good fucking thing is going to be, and then part two is April nineteenth. So I, unless Netflix is really scared, and to me, they're we've talked about this in other shows. To me, them and Disney are too big to fail. They make too much money where they aren't going to care. They got your eyes, they got your, mm-hmm. they got you to watch, and that's all they care about. Where I can't see the studio going, hey, we need some reshoots here. Where uh, feasibly between now and April, it couldn't happen anyway. Or even recuts or a higher a rehired editor. Oh, you mean like do some reach? Well, you never know because yeah. I mean I don't know what with they can the do. way with the way he was able to um because if you remember uh with Army of the Dead, there yeah. was an actor that they cast and filmed. Oh yes. Um, it was a tag had Guitaro replaced somebody, right? Right. And and basically he did those scenes On like post. in his right. driveway. Yeah, like in a five day period, and then just inserted her in there, and you couldn't tell really. I mean, you honestly yeah. really couldn't. So, I mean, if he needs to, I mean, if we're talking about restructuring a plot, like, yeah, there's no way he has a chance. But if he can fix a few things here and there, uh huh, maybe he'll have time to do it. Because also with Justice League, I know that he shot the uh, all the future stuff with the Joker and stuff that was like in a in his backyard or something. Right, he did right. that pretty quick, so. I don't know. I, he could make some minor adjustments, but in terms of over, like getting critical response to this oh and, yeah. and then making fixes is impossible at this point. I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know who's going to say no one's around to tell him again, integrity. Cause and, at least accountability. no one's checking him, you know, to go back to, to go back to Lord of the Rings. Like, uh-huh. so what happened was, is they were able to film everything and yeah, then they were back, able to back, do the back, reshoots. Yeah. But they were also able to make adjustments in that year period between. Exactly. Like yeah. for, for example, they didn't know they didn't know that Orlando Bloom was going to be such a, a hot ticket after yeah. the first one. So if you notice when you watch the theatrical cut of Two Towers, like they they added a little bit more yeah. Legolas stuff in there because to, yeah. to to make sure that he was in it more because that's what the crowd wanted. Mm-hmm. But they had literally. 12 months to do that. Like they, right. they had right. so much time. This, yeah. this, I this mean, four, no, he no, would he have hasn't. four months. I mean, yeah, four months. I, I, I mean, I'm not a film expert. I, I, I've never made a, a well, you said it, picture, but he's done it himself. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. I mean, he's done it, but he did it to replace a character in a scene, not restructure the movie because everyone was like, wow, that really sucked. We need to like, yeah, we need see, to rethink there's this. nothing, there's no small fixes that are going to help right. here. The, the fixes are bigger. And now that the toothpaste out of the tube, like you've unleashed this massive, that's why I'm saying bad. Like you've unleashed this massive amount of, of strings and ends to tie. And now that you've done that, there's no going back. So, like, toothpaste out of the tube for me. Yeah. I, like I said, I will watch it just to finish the story. I, I will. will probably not watch the director's cuts. I, I just, I, I don't I'm feel curious. that. Yeah. I, I'm not curious enough, and I'm not, yeah. and frankly, I'd, I'd have to sit through two hours and 15 minutes of footage I already saw, which was awful. Oh, good point. Hoping that, uh, an hour and 15 extra will make up for it. I don't think it's that kind of cut. Yeah. Like I, I think it's just if, more blood, right? It's just, if, if, anything, 
yeah, if anything, it'll be like the action sequences might be a little gorier. Yeah. The flashback sequences might be longer. Oh, we don't need I, that. I mean, I, mean, you I can guess tell they're longer. Yeah. The only thing I could see that would benefit is maybe you get an extra scene with the Charlie Hunnams or something that maybe. gives him a little bit more. But yeah. just the way, like going back to Lord of the Rings, which is the perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Like, if if this director's cut, if the director's cut of Rebel Moon Part One exists to strengthen the story, then they should never have released what they Agreed. released as that it is. Should be the one because, Period. like, yeah. if anything, an extended cut should be like Lord of the Rings. It should be extra stuff that adds nice detail, but is not mm. necessary. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I think the <laughs> only when I'm thinking about it, the only thing that I think, um. Return of the Kings extended edition does to make up for a blind spot in the story is it closes out the Saruman arc. That's it. Right. That's, That's the, the only one. thing yeah. I can think of where it was like, okay, well, we actually needed the extended cut to maybe, because we kind of, it's not like they forgot, but they kind of left it oh, kind of hanging yeah. at the end of Two Towers that like he was defeated. But yeah. like Return of the King kind of like definitely shows he's defeated. But yeah, other yeah. than that, like I, I think of every major extended cut scene, and I don't think of anything in there that, like, if you take it out, it's ruining the experience for me. No, totally I can, agree. I, yeah, so I don't know. I, I know I already said that, but yeah, yeah. But that's, I, this it's probably exception to the rule. Well, yeah, probably, folks. We now have merch from shirts to stickers. Find some sweet cinephile hissy fit swag on tpublic.com slash user slash ruminations radio network. And I just wanted to. I didn't do this on the last episode, but. When it says T public, it's T as in t-shirt, T-E-E public.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit, on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, and Instagram at Cinephile Fits. Find both of us by name on Letterboxd to check out our film reviews and ratings. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, and we are charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership and our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Unless you're a Snyder bro, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes. We don't need negative reviews because we made fun of, quote-unquote, the boss. Spotify and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.